our hearts toward you, that we might hear what you are saying to us and receive it, embrace it, and walk in it. In Jesus' name, amen. Praise God. Amen. You may be seated in the Lord's presence. Amen. Praise God. Amen. He's worthy to be praised. Amen. Well, God is great, and he's good all the time. We serve a God who uh, never fails, never fails. Amen. And our job really is to connect with him in a real and living way, and then we can partake of his success. Isn't that great? We don't have to be successful. We just partake of his success. And uh, through partnering with him and submitting to him and allowing him to uh, bring us forth in, in the things that he's called us to do. It's not a difficult life, but it's a life sometimes that may seem to present us with difficult choices. And so if we will make the correct choice at every turn, then we will have the life that God has ordained for us. you have an extra book for Mr. Chris? Good. Praise God. He's going to need it. Amen. So we are in our Prophetic People <coughs> series, Volume 2. We've graduated. You, you completed Volume 1. Isn't that that's wonderful? You know, people who uh, sometimes want to get involved. Oh, is that a school of ministry? Well, do I get a degree? Do I get a certificate? I said, no, but you get teaching. It's up to you to what you do with it. <laughs> so you know what I'm saying. Now we, we do our best to make sure that everybody has clear understanding of the word. But I believe that when you're taught of God, it should be an ongoing relationship. Discipleship never ends. We're always learning and always being trained in God's house. So we're now being trained in understanding what it means to be a prophetic person and be under the prophet's anointing. And the specific things that that anointing will bring into your life, equipment that you will need to be a successful believer, to be successful in the believer's ministry that God has ordained us to fulfill. So on page 55, we're talking about now prophecy that sets the tone for a meeting. Prophecy that sets the tone for a meeting. Now, Many times people, uh, you know, we know that that you can have a good meeting, you can have a God meeting, and you can have a God prophetic meeting. You got me? Prophetic is what's right now on God's lips for the people assembled there for this hour. And that's what you want. You want something where God is speaking to you in the now so that you don't have to rely on another man's revelation, another man's understanding, traditions of men that make the word of God of none effect. You want a fresh word from God, and that that means that you have living contact with the living God. You have his heart right now. You know what he's talking about. Amen, and what's on his heart. Now, I I don't dispute that there's great value in some of our teachings from the past, especially if they are are rightly dividing the word and there's good revelation there, good revelation is, is good all the time. God always breathes fresh life on his word and on, on truths. For instance, the doctrines of the church, repentance from dead works, faith toward God, uh, you know, the baptisms and all of those things, those are foundational teachings that separate christianity from the others 
then there are the gifts of the Holy Spirit that make this thing come alive for us. And so when you live in the realm of the living relationship with the living God, the gifts of the Spirit must be available to you to bring this experience in God alive. It really does. If, if you never have a word of knowledge, how will you know what God's specific knowledge is in your situation right now? You need an answer for what you're facing in the now. So the gifts of the Spirit bring the knowledge of God to a, into us in a, a usable now fashion. Then the, the manifold wisdom of God. That's what that word manifold means. It means a usable. Uh, the word uh, uh, M-A-N-U is, is the Latin uh, uh, prefix that means hand, to handle something. And so when it's manifold, that means it's being able to be handled right here and right now. And so the gifts of the Spirit bring that word to you in a right here, right now type of a fashion. And that's a wonderful thing because you don't have to... <clears throat> go and pray for something for nine months to get an answer for something. You know, if you're if you're in a dilemma, say for instance, your car stopped and you want God to help you get out of this, you're in a, a deserted road late at night, you need a right now word, a gift of the Holy Spirit to tell you what to do right now so that you can be led into safety. And so these are the things that, that prophetic people tend to hunger for. They understand that these things are available. They understand that they're very much needed for the work at hand. If there's somebody in need of healing, you, you don't just want to quote a scripture over them. You want to speak to God and have him lead you in how you're to minister healing to them. It's not about pacifying them with the words, I'll pray for you. And they feel better in their flesh that somebody cares about them but they never get healed see and that's what christianity has been we have a history sometimes of the living and the dead you know what i'm saying we have the live and the dead mixed in there together there are some traditions that just don't bring life and don't bring results and so prophetic people want to be there in the life and the results of god and the gifts of the spirit are essential for that to happen now the gifts aren't that hard to come by there has to be faith for it and a desire for it. God, if you want me to heal this person, tell me what to do. That's pretty much what it amounts to. You got me? And so the, this is how it operates. And so you look in the Bible and you get your foundation. You get your grounding. You understand what God did through uh, the people in the New Testament church, for, in, for instance. And you can expect God to do those things through you as you face similar situations. The thing of it is you can't shy away from other people's problems. You can't be a, a, you have to be bold. When you're bold, you're willing to confront others because you understand who you are. You know whose you am and whose you serve, huh? like Paul did. And so you walk in that knowledge all the time. When you walk in that knowledge, then you understand that part of your spiritual equipment includes the help of the Holy Spirit through his nine gifts. And so <clears throat> prophecy then that will set the tone in a meeting is a, a prophecy that will let people know what God wants to do in this meeting tonight. As we gather together right now, what is the table that God has prepared for us? 
And so God will, and he, you have to understand that he wants to give you things that will help your life. He's not wanting to give you just old stale meetings that people try to work up some emotion and, and work up some kind of uh, a theme or something like that and, and just give you the warmed over teachings that you get on Wednesday night or Sunday morning. But you want God to speak to you what he needs to speak to you in the now. One of the things that, that I've noticed uh, being a theme, kind of running a thread, running throughout all of our conference meetings, has has to do with <clears throat> his relationship, the relationship of the bridegroom to the bride. It's just a common thread that tends to run through our meetings. There, the, the, the other theme is his great love for us. And how he, uh, the, the depth of the love of God, if you could imagine such a thing, understanding such a thing, he in small doses prepares us to understand his great love for us and how he wants to adorn us and, and clothe us and, and, you know, don't worry about it. I've taken care of your wardrobe. I have that for you. I know you feel inadequate, but here I've got this for you, and this helps that situation as a a husband would treat a wife, that kind of thing. I'm talking about a good husband. Do I have to stand back here and pretend like I'm a preacher all day? Can I talk to y'all? Okay, I mean a good husband. (laughs) All right. Make me have a little seizure up here. I mean, ladies, if you could imagine the best husband in the world with all the money in the world and all the power in the world and all the connections in the world and all the that's what I'm talking about on a much bigger scale than we could ask or think. You got me? And he already has given it all to you. And you don't have to go out and sneak and buy it and hide it in the closet and claim you don't know how it got there. Now, you gentlemen can take a nap or, you know, go have lunch again if you want to, but, you know. <laughs> there you go. That's right, buddy. So that you are not to be concerned about anything. He said, come unto me if you're heavy laden, that burden. That's all of us when we came. Again, I will give you rest. Part of that rest is understanding his great provision for us in everything that we need to live this Christian life. He's provided it all. And it comes in the form of garments that we wear. And that analogy is so important because just as you can put on and exchange and find something more suitable, something more to your liking, so God provides adornments for his bride. There are things, for instance, if one of the things that I've always desired in our meetings, especially healing meetings, is to see more people heal. That's a hunger that I have. And so the healing mantle is an adornment that he allows me to wear. And if I don't, I'm not satisfied with the fit of it right now, I can talk to him about that and say, baby, can you get me something? Miss so-and-so came in a wheelchair and left in a wheelchair. Can you get me something for her too that I can wear that's going to take care of? You understand what I'm saying? And it's just that simple. You don't have to work up 
power. You know, the way people tend to think that the things of God. Or you don't have to be perfect, 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 never make a mistake, and God will use you kind of thing. Now, I'm not saying be sloppy in the way you live or be casual about it. Be a holy person, but understand that that's his righteousness that you wear and work with him on how to stay in that zone of righteousness so that you wear it well. You know what I'm saying? And you understand what it's for. And you understand that it is to help humanity, broken humanity, put them back together again. His bride has compassion for the lost, compassion for the dying, compassion for the weak, compassion for the sinner, compassion for, for everybody that's outside of the covenants of God, and compassion for those who are inside and miss it. You got me? And so that that's those are the things that we wear, that we, we know that God has prepared for us and wants to adorn us with. And and that's just a sample of really of what he's been showing us is so important. The other is our relationship with him, that we can come close to him and we can tell him anything and he's not shocked, surprised, disgusted, through with us, none of that stuff. He will never leave us or forsake us. So there's such a great reassurance that comes with a fresh word from God about where you're at with him and how you stand with him. And if you don't think you stand right, how to get right with him and, and go on and, and live for God. So these are our common themes or, or themes that tend to run through all of the prophecies. And they'll talk about provision, about opportunities, about uh, our responsibility to make sure that these things come into our lives. All of those, we get, we get very, very fine instruction on how to come into the blessing that God has for us. I always feel encouraged after a meeting. I always feel built up. And prophecy, for one thing, is there to build up the church. It will never tear us down leave us confused, leave us walking out of there not knowing or uncertain or upset or anything like that. There is a settling there and an understanding that God will work it out for us. Even when the, the, the prophecy comes in a way to correct our behavior, if you'll obey the correction, you'll get good results from it. You understand? And so it's good to have that that sets the tone in a meeting. So on <clears throat> page 53, when prophetic people gather together, there is a hunger in the atmosphere to hear from God. Now, without this hunger, there will be a, uh, a pull against the word of the Lord in that atmosphere. So one of the ways that that hunger is is acknowledged and it is uh, uh, dis discerned and, and it's, it's responded to is through worship. One of the major ways to get people to express what they desire from God and their desire for God is through worship. So if the worship is free and it's not programmed with three fast songs, three slow songs, and then a, a, a pause in the middle to hear if somebody has something to say, and then, you know, shut it down all in 30 minutes. You got me? You can't put a time on God. You can't put limitations on what you're going to, how you're going to devote yourself to him. 
you can't restrict how you uh, uh, what you offer to him. You can't restrict the offering. You got me. Worship is offering up your time, attention, and your physical self to him in adoration and praise. And in presenting your body as a living sacrifice, as the offering for that time. And when he responds to that, you respond to him back. So when we come into worship, we sense the presence of God, and there should be a response to that on our part. You know, you lift up your hands, uh, you begin to sing along with the worship, or however you do, but that is your response to God's invitation to come and dance with him, come and, and talk to him, come and sit at his feet, whatever the worship entails. And so as you step into that place, then you're able to engage with God in the back and forth of worship. And he will give to us to bless us, and we respond, and that blesses him, and then he gives more, and it goes back and forth like that. So as you enter into the prophetic realm of God, what happens is that you lose your program. You lose your pre-thought-out understanding of how things were going to go, and you allow God the freedom then to orchestrate what goes on. And how many of you can sense when that happens, when we have worship in the conferences? You, you, you know when that, that happens. And oftentimes what happens with myself is there is a prophetic chord that's struck by the musician. Y'all understand that. And so you know when that starts. It's usually when all the songs we know quit. <laughs> I always tell Bishop Russell, I say, I could save you, save you a lot of sweat if we go to this first and do that. But see, you can't always do that. And that's where I have to respect the worship leader. Because he can sense, worship leaders are called to sense when the hearts of the people are engaged enough that they've all joined into the worship. And one who is very skilled knows how to follow a theme of singing until he hits it. And that's when he breaks through that wall of flesh that many people will have when they come in because people come in, they want to look around, see who's there. And, you know, it takes about a good 20 minutes to figure out you're in the presence of God, you know, for some, uh, seriously, for some people. I'm not talking about you guys. I know you know what I'm saying. When you train your spirit, your spirit's trained to respond in a certain way. And so once you train your spirit, then your spirit automatically leads you into it because you've allowed him to do that for a period of time. But then there are people that, that have a different experience in worship, and they have to kind of look around, get their bearings. And I'm talking about some so-called prophetic people as well. You know, they're from different camps. They they have the three fast, you know, three slow, and then a little pause, and somebody says something they call prophecy. And you understand what I'm saying. And so you can be, be religious and in, in be spirit-filled just like you can be religious and be in tradition or what we call traditional church. But you can tell when the anointing is about to shift from regular worship, pastoral worship, if you will, because that's the office oftentimes the worship leader is in. And then the pastor gathers the sheep together. And so when it flips over from pastoral, now that we've got their attention, now it's time to hear what God has to say. 
So up until this point, we've been telling God what we think he wants to hear and what feels good to us telling him because it makes us feel good mostly. So now God's received that, and now it's time for him to talk to us what's on his heart. Amen? So we allow that, <clears throat> that anointing to shift and, and, and get into a, a different gear. And so then comes forth the song of the Lord where God or prophecy without song, whatever God plans to do, so that he can minister adequately to his people. And so there's a hunger there, and it's developed in, in what we would call a normal pastoral congregational praise and worship, where it's allowed to go into a freer flow, where there's a prophetic chord that is struck that stirs up the prophet then to give the word of the Lord or the song of the Lord. Now that's scriptural because Samuel, uh, when he wanted to prophesy, anybody remember the scripture? He says, bring me a minstrel that I may hear the word of the Lord. So that's very common uh, way to stir up prophets to prophesy is through the minstrel gift. So the gift of the minstrel is able to, <clears throat> the minstrel really is the one who ministers to the human soul to break it down so it's not resisting and the spirit rises up. The, the minstrel is is taking your soul out of the picture by giving him a good dose of prophetic uh, or, or uh, uh, a good dose of song medicine and make him peaceful so that your spirit can rise up so your soul doesn't fight your spirit anymore. And so when your spirit begins to rise up, the minstrel has done its job, and then he can move over into a different flow of music so that... Uh, the word of the, the 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 spirit of the prophet can be stirred up, and they can accurately prophesy or easily prophesy. Sometimes it's difficult to hear the word of the Lord <clears throat> without a lot of effort. Sometimes prophets will pray in the Holy Ghost, and sometimes if there's other aids there, then that other aid will help them. That's why we have live music in the conferences. It's not just to impress people, but it's also so that there will be a free flow and, and gifts stirred up. And so it can be more live than it is we have recorded for most of our meetings, which is fine for what we do on most levels. But when you have that kind of group of people coming together, you have to blend them in and do it in a live fashion. And so that's one of the reasons that we have it live. The other reason is that you want to have the free flow coming in so the song of the Lord can, can be heard and can be received. And so when that, <clears throat> that, that prophetic break comes in, then you know because prophetic people, they start to get stirred as well. So it's not just the prophet spirit that gets stirred. It's the prophetic people. Their spirits get stirred too. Their, their hearts become more open, their ears more attentive. They tend to know God's about to do something or God's about to say something. So when you have a meeting and that's your intention to have that live, when, <clears throat> you know, wanting to hear from God for what he's saying right now, you have to allow time for all of these things to take place. You cannot have a rush job and get the results of God. That doesn't mean either that you have to go on and on and on forever because I've had 
have experiences with that as well not so much in our meetings because pretty much when god puts people together under under one prophet they can tend to to get tuned in to what what we're trying to do so you know that that faith will will take it but i've been in meetings that are uh uh just they try to imitate the prophetic they'll play a chord over and over and over and over and over and over and it never hits the height in the prophetic realm that it's supposed to and it's like change it or kill me you know or don't change it just kill me because i'm dead already you know it's it's just that monotonous if the right anointing is not there to take it to the prophetic level and we've all heard examples of that you know where where people will tend to go over and over and over and over on one hook over and over and over again and it never hits anything other than what you know you've just been bored to death with that same thing over and over again so there are imitations of it for sure but you want to keep it true you want to keep it real you want to keep it fresh Uh, there have been times where i've thought well let's just stop with praise and worship and not try to hear what god has to say i don't do that anymore you know i used to get intimidated by people who would want to leave after the meeting goes beyond the worship goes beyond 40 minutes or or an hour or so and they start getting restless and want to go and that used to bother me some but i just made up my mind i wasn't going to let it bother me i said if if it's just me and the worship leader that want to hear from god we're going to hear from god and so we're going to labor with that until we do and so when the prophetic people come together there is that hunger and that hunger really is what drives the meeting I can tell when people really want to hear from God because there's a, a inside of me there's a sense not to quit until we get that message. So we're both responsible for it, you know. And people get mad at me because of the meeting, you know, well it went so long and my kids were sleepy and we had to go to bed. Well go to bed, you know, but you know what I'm saying. This is still a miracle. You can do what you want to do. But for those people that somebody's pulling to hear from God, you know, if it ain't you, it's somebody else in here. I'm not the only one. And so when we have that gathering together, people want to hear from God. I've been in meetings where there have been uh, prophets in the audience, in the congregation. And that faith will start to pull the person on the podium over into the prophetic realm and they don't know what to do at the meeting. Now, how many of you would know what to do at the meeting? See, what you do is you look out there and say, God, if there's a prophet out here who has a word, I want to know who that person is. You see what I'm saying? And so many people don't know to do that and feel insecure in doing it. But if you can find, you know, you you know there's something coming. If you don't have it, nobody up there with you has it. Somebody out there might have it. And so that gets to be kind of a scary thing. But God can point that pure person out to you who does have the word of the Lord. It doesn't always have to come from who's up there on the podium, you see. It can come from any spirit that's in that atmosphere. And they can know the word of the Lord for you. And so I'd rather take a chance trying to find who has it than to miss it you see what i'm saying and so you that's what you have to do and if you're you're somebody whose spirit's trained you can tell when the spirit of prophecy is upon a person amen and so you can discern that way so personalities are not welcome in these meetings when i say personalities i mean people who come in because they have a name 
they've had a good message in the past. They have a bunch of people that came to see them or following or something like that. Uh, we have to lay all of that down in order for God to speak. You know, he really has to have center stage uh, in the meetings. I was uh, listening to Norval Hayes preach one time, and he was saying that um, the Lord was telling him uh, he, he was doing a creative miracle in a person. And so the Lord told him, he said, now I have to have everybody quiet when I do this. I don't even want a preacher standing up at the podium, he said, because if, if I'm going to do this, I have to get all the glory for it. You understand? And so those kinds of things will happen to lay so that people have to lay everything down so that we're being obedient to God and not bring in our little game that, that we usually do when we, we go somewhere. And so personalities are not welcome in these meetings as the hunger allows God's wishes and desires for the meeting to be known. The prophet will speak the word of the Lord, which is received by the congregation. This corporate faith allows the meeting to come into line with the word of the Lord just spoken. And so what God will do sometimes is he will take the meeting in a certain direction so that people will, will focus in on what he thinks is important for them to, to be able to understand and accomplish. For instance, <clears throat> we had a, a meeting a few years back. It hadn't been a, a lot of years back. And, and I'm always uh, moved when God will start a meeting with prophecy rather than praise and worship or much praise and worship. So sometimes when the worship just begins and he gives me a word, that really means that he wants to tell us what he wants to say for the rest of the meeting or maybe for the rest of the conference, you know, if it goes that long. Or this is important to set a tone here so that it doesn't flounder and, and go back and forth. I want people to know what they're here for. And so I remember the the uh, prophecy about... Um, uh, uh, Jasmine used to say that thing all the time. The secret place. For those of you who think. And as I said that, the person that we, we had invited a guest minister, singer, that night. And, and <laughs> it's, now listen, you know, God is bold. And he wants, when he loves you, he wants you to understand his heart. But this girl had been singing and ministering in songs. She had sung maybe two songs. And I was just going to, you know, see when she turned it over to me. And she made this statement. She said, somebody better get this microphone for me because if you don't take it, I'm going to worship praise God all night long. And so I said, oh, okay. <laughs> well, you know, you say things like that in, in an atmosphere where, where people who love God and want truth, God will call you on the truth. He'll convict you of the truth. And so we took the offering, I think, and we were doing some other things. And I came forth with that prophecy just as she was getting up to sneak out and leave the meeting. And the prophecy were those who you who think this meeting has gone too long, you ain't found the secret place. You see what I'm saying? After she makes this blatant statement, I'm going to stand here and worship God all night long. And then she can't stand in his presence until the offering is taken and in the meeting, you know. And so God will convict and, and correct people like that. And and I think it's it's really disrespectful 
to be invited to minister at a meeting and don't stay in the meeting. I mean, what did you come there for? So that's what we mean. We say personalities are not welcome. And I think if she heard she heard that, you ain't found the secret place that she was tipping around in her shoes on her way out the door with her little entourage. And some people have no no sense of embarrassment because if I were sitting on the front row, I'd be the last to leave, you know, just to, so I don't offend anybody. And so, uh, you know, a lot of times people really aren't taught these things and they don't understand these things. But God will let you know when you've stepped on his toes. Amen. And so that correction came in. And, and I and I thought to myself after I said it. I thought I was going to come out with something, you know, just kind of fun and kind of light. And when I said it, I thought, did I just rebuke them people getting them walking out of here, God? My mind went like that, but I had to finish what he was telling me to say. Amen. And so those things come to give people who need it a right now correction from God. Because if you're going to minister and be his servant, you've got to know spiritual protocol. You've got to know what to do. You've got to know that you can't come in and sing two songs because everybody thinks you're wonderful and just get up and leave and and just leave the rest of the meeting. Suppose God wants to use you later on in the meeting. You'll never know. See, you'll never know that. And so those things need to come. They need to be. Now, I'm not standing up there talking to anybody in a nasty tone either. I was just having a, it ain't a cross, 110. I was having a good time. I said, yeah, let, yeah let, let me look at Bishop Russell's face when I say, try to find some woman that's weak. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> Take that, Bishop. You know, that kind of stuff. I was just having a little fun with it. But you you see what I'm saying? It went forth in such a way, prophecy, easy to be entreated. Amen. You see what I'm saying? It's it's uh, Miss Clydell used to say that. She said, she said, I would sit there and I was just so captivated sometimes when you were preaching. She said, and I get home and I look and I said, I'm bleeding. <laughs> she said, I've been slashed to shreds in there, but I sure had a good time. <laughs> Say little things like that. And so, you know, it's it's a sneaky stab, but you, you know, the word will do that to get you straightened out too, you know. Hopefully that young lady learned, you know. She's young in the ministry. Hopefully she learned some, some respect and so forth. So, But that's that's how it works. See, it works to set the tone. And it works to set people down because one person on the front row leaving early can take everybody out of there. You got me? And so just people are just weak like that sometimes. And so we have to understand what God expects. So part of what he'll do uh, through prophecy is that. So his wishes and desires for the meeting are made known. So this corporate faith allows the meeting to come in line with the word of the Lord just spoken. The use of prophecy builds up or edifies the church. We want our spirits built and we want our flesh to cease to dominate. Amen. So it allows the people to know what God desires to do. And we have not just another good meeting, but a meeting from heaven. That's what you want. See, when we talk about, you know, people always talk about, well, the former and the latter reign together. I can remember people giving uh, prophecies about, you know, the outpouring and the revival and all this. They don't say that stuff so much anymore because people don't know what to do, which is good. Maybe somebody will pray and get a response from God. Because, But uh, my feeling is this. If you think you can make God 
do everything he needs to do with 30 minutes of praise and worship, you've got another thought coming. Because if you look at the book of Acts, those people went to church every day. They were daily. They were a collection of believers that couldn't wait to gather together because they knew God would have something wonderful for them every time they got together. They weren't dreading coming to church. And, you know, well, maybe if I, I, I well, I don't miss often. You know, that's the devil's, <laughs> devil's way of telling you it's okay not to come to church. You know, I don't miss, I don't, I don't call off too much, you know, that kind of stuff. Well, what do you want to do with your life? You want God or not? Huh? Do you or don't you want him? Then hunger for him and run after it. So there's a difference, and prophetic people know and desire the difference. Amen. They desire the higher realm. So I'm going to share an example of the use of prophecy to set the tone for the meeting. During praise and worship, the worship leader was exhorting people, and he said, We serve a God of abundance. And that word stuck with me. So God began to magnify the word abundance inside of me. Now, when I say magnify, what that means is sometimes I will just get one word from God, and I'll say it over and over and over again until it settles in in my spirit. And once it rests in there, then God can feed it more. You understand what I'm saying? So the thing is, if there's a word that you get stuck on where God starts to embellish that and keeps repeating it, and you think, well, what is he saying about Well, that's, that's, That's where the repetition comes in. And once that word settles in, then I get the rest of it, and it starts to make sense as a message, you see. And so when that word abundance, there's a, a, a quickening or uh, an impression in, in my spirit that I sense when, when God is talking to me about something. And so you have to have enough humility to just say that one word over and over again until he gives you more. You have to believe that there's more coming. That's what faith is for. But you can't think, well, God, give me the rest because I don't want to look stupid in front of people. You got me? You have to take you totally out of it. So all embarrassment has to not be there. All self, you know, personalities can't function and flow in that because it, it just won't won't allow it see you have to give yourself totally over to god's control so it says and as the worship continued i began to hear the sound of abundance now i can't tell you describe to you what that was but i can tell you i heard the sound of abundance and so as i that word began to get magnified inside of me i got another witness where i could hear the sound of abundance and so it says, I begin to hear the sound of abundance. The scripture in 1 Kings 18, 41 to 45 came to me, and the Lord prompted me to tell the people, I hear it. Don't you hear it? And I didn't know what I heard. And then until I said, I hear the sound of abundance. You got me? And so you start to step into the office that delivers that word. So instead of reading that, we'll, we'll let Miss Wanda, you ready to play it back there? So she'll play it just as it came forth in the meeting, okay? Hallelujah. Yes. I hear it. Don't you hear it? I hear it. Can you hear it? I hear the sound of abundance and rain. Abundance of rain. Drip, 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 
drip, drip, drip, drip, drip, drip, drip, drip, drip, rain, 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 rain. It's abundance of rain. I hear the sound of abundance of rain. Even in famine in Detroit, I hear the sound of abundance of rain. I hear the sound of abundance of rain. Can you People felt a whole lot better after hearing that than they did. Well, I used my last to get here. And I don't know how I'm going to get home. What if we have bills are facing me and so forth? And so that raises your expectation level. And only God knows what everybody collectively there needs. So he will have a word that will fit for everybody, and everybody can partake of it. So <clears throat> in, 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 if I remember correctly, uh, from that point, the anointing changed from one of, of worship and expectancy 
and focus on on worshiping God to a, a joy and a release for people, you know, that people felt, you know, this was worth coming for. I'm glad I heard that. I, I don't have to worry anymore. It'll just totally wipe your worries away if you let that prophecy work on you the right way. Uh, I got invited recently to a church uh, in Cincinnati. This was 2012. Yeah, uh, just last year um, in in a couple that had been at that meeting uh, told me, they said, we just remember you walking around singing drip, 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 drip. And they said that we we got that tape. Somebody gave us a free tape because you're supposed to get one. You know, I don't know. So I told them I'd give them something. They were ministers, and, and I introduced myself to them. But anyway, they said that we kept listening to that over and over and over again, she said, because we were so hungry for direction. And and they had come. They said that they uh, were told by God to leave where they lived in Texas and come to Detroit. And they said, we checked in at the hotel, and there was your poster at the front desk. And we asked, is, is that meeting here? And they said, yeah. And they said, well, we're going to go to that. And they had made up their minds that they were going to go to the conference while they were there. And so they showed up at the meeting, and, and God did give me a prophecy for them personally as well. And they said, ever since we left that meeting, God has done nothing but bless us. You see what I'm saying? So he knows, amen, even when people come from a long way. These uh, divine appointments are very important, and it's very important for us to feel free as prophets and prophetic people to respond to God and God alone, not some program or uh, um, somebody that we're connected to that yeah, I'm part of so-and-so's ministry, and I'm, connect, I'm affiliated with them. And because some of these affiliations will restrict your ability to move in the freedom that God has for you. See, I'd rather have somebody sitting close to the front row and just pick them out and feel free to give them a word than to have X number of minutes at the end of the meeting only. You got me? And try to put God on a program. After he's freed you up and given you a gift that works, why would you box him in because so-and-so prophet that you are under has a protocol that everybody has to follow and this is what it tells you to do? I don't believe in that kind of nonsense. The Bible says don't be entangled with the yoke of bondage again after he set you free. You got me? And you stay free and you keep that gift free so that God, that gift can, it'll mean life or death to somebody. It'll be success or failure to them. And, and God won't send people to your meeting who need help if you're on a program, if he can't trust you to help people, you see? If he can't stop help uh, trust you to stop what you're preaching because he keeps telling you somebody needs a word from him and this is the person and tell him what I tell you to tell you can't do that and, and think you're going to have success with God and a successful uh, spiritual meeting or anything like that. I was remembering we had a, a speaker that came in recently and they were talking about uh, the church that they had uh, built and you know how fast it grew and how successful it was and and they were saying uh, you know we i was able to get people to understand everything he said we had all of the ministry that god wanted us to have he said but we never had anybody move in prophecy and that person was a prophet and i want to say uh can i answer <laughs> mr judge ornery i got an answer for you 
because you don't worship God long enough. See, you'll never get it in a half-hour worship in the pregnant pause at the end of that where everybody's quiet and somebody who's nervous blurts something out that's not God. You got me? You won't have it that way. You've got to let God set the tone. And if God decides he wants to clip his fingernails first while y'all worshiping and take his time and go have a bath and come back, then that's what you got to do. You understand me? Because he's God and we ain't. You can't make him do anything. So, anywho. <clears throat> so, the prophecy, even though it was released over the city of Detroit, there were people from other areas present, and those people received reassurance of God's provision as well. God's word can be received by anybody, anywhere. Faith has no jurisdiction. You got me? It's a spiritual force that will work everywhere because God honors it. So, his kingdom is not limited to a place. And it is within his people. Amen? All right, so why don't we take our quiz. We'll finish up. It's an open book. Open book quiz. Can I have a couple of people to pass?